0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle, brought to you by FullScale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Puzzle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and we do have someone very special to thank for today's episode of Startup Hustle. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Gusto. So Gusto Gusto is a modern solution platform for modern HR problems, whether you are looking for talent management, payroll onboarding tools. Gusto's HR platform has it all, all in one place, all convenient. you It's going to allow you to be smarter than your competitors. And one of the really cool things about this whole deal is that Startup Hustle listeners have an opportunity to try a three-month free subscription right now. Sign up at gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle to get started. That is gusto.com backslash startup hustle. And we definitely hope you do that. Give them a try. I personally love Gusto. So another thing that I love is talking to really, really brilliantly smart people. Uh, about all things related to, you know, equity and technology and all of these fun things. So, so today I am actually, I am thrilled to have with us Christine Winoto. Uh, Christine is the founder and executive director of the UCSF Rosenman Institute, and as well as the host of the Health Technology Podcast. And I love having podcast hosts on the show because I feel like it's so meta. Like it's probably been a long time, Christine, since you've been in the hot seat. And welcome to show. Thank you so much for being here and we're about to have a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for having
1: me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off with that that very familiar general softball kind of question. And I'm just gonna ask you, Christine, you know, tell us tell us about your journey. Tell us about who you are, what you do, how you got here, all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah, of course. I have to say my journey, like most people uh, maybe all of the people. it's kind of a uh, um, not straight path. Um, I came here to the US uh, as an undergraduate student and love uh, the country and decided to find a job and continue living here in the US. So I grew up in Indonesia with the idea, when I came to the U.S., is that I love food and I like science. So I, my dream job was to work at craft foods, and in Indonesia, craft food is pretty popular, and so that's always been like my goal. And my goal came a bit too early in life, I guess. Uh, so my sophomore year and my junior year, I end up working at craft foods, uh, doing a summer intern's job. My project was Philadelphia cream cheese and uh, oven roasted chicken breasts uh, for Oscar Mayer and I had a really wonderful experience as an intern and I remember that experience very well that I you know I always encourage young people to get a summer job um it helps you, you know, propel your career. So when I graduated, I was a foreign student, and it was recession time. I, it's hard for me to find a job that is offering the green card. Uh, but the experience that I have because of you know the craft food experience, I always get the interview, and so I moved to the I moved to California after uh, four years in Wisconsin as an under, undergraduate because I grew up in the tropic as that California is the place for me. Wow. So I moved, I moved to California. And that's when I was introduced to the world of healthcare. I knew nothing about healthcare. Yeah. My parents, you know, probably a lot of uh, immigrant parents like, oh, you know, be a doctor. But that was not something that I always wanted to do. But I joined a a small startup, a medical device company, and that's what my first experience about startup. Uh, I never knew about startup, and I remember the first time when I joined a startup, I felt like, "Is this a real company?" Because coming from craft foods, when everything is so uh, yeah, massive.
0: structure and they have, you know, teams for each thing that they do and you know yeah they're they're well resourced and well staffed and all of that good stuff. And then you end up in the startup world where that is definitely not always the key the 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 case. Like you no. have startups where you have everybody wearing a million different hats and trying to, you know, just figure out how to cobble it all together. That must have been a really interesting change. Can you talk to us? And and, and actually, you know what? I'm going to draw that back a little bit, and I'm going to say you went from Indonesia to Wisconsin, two very different environments, and then you went from a kind of corporate background to a startup background. How uh, how do you like change? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you.
1: I think I, as much as change is inevitable, I don't like change, but somehow I got drawn into it. It's more okay. that change <laughs> came to me. And then it's what I do with it, I think. Because it, yeah. you know, it's I don't know. Some people, I'm not this kind of person who constantly seeking change, but I think change is always there, and it's so, inevitable.
0: And it presents itself, and it's it's advantageous. Like you're gonna seize the opportunity, right? right? I think
1: that it's was that, more. It sounds
0: like you're you're comfortable with discomfort, maybe a little,
1: maybe yeah. I I'd like to <laughs> you know. I would love to be very comfortable, but I think, you know, life doesn't present itself that way. Yeah. As you see. love,
0: I love your spirit. That is absolutely incredible. And, and look at you now, you have created this, uh, this path for yourself and forged ahead. So talk to us about your work with the UCSF Rosenman Institute.
1: Yeah, so I'd be happy to. It's like, you know, another thing, is like, that's how I end up in uh, healthcare. And actually, I love healthcare. I work in uh, investment banking in London, uh, talking about change. I work on a lot of transportation projects, airport privatization, that sort of activity and moved back to the Bay Area, uh, and then I knew then healthcare is the place that I like to be. Um, yeah. So I have a couple of jobs before I started uh, the UCSF Roseman Institute. Uh, interestingly, when I joined UCSF, it's more at that time, I have a young child, And I want to have a bit more life balance. So that was kind of my part of my decision to join university. And a year, less than a year after I joined UCSF, uh, my husband passed away unexpectedly. Uh, He had a heart attack while he was mountain biking. And so my life was completely changed upside down. That's why the question, do I like change? As uh, I always say nobody likes change but change always happens and what do we I cannot say nobody I don't like change but change do happen around us all the time and so interestingly two weeks before uh, he passed away we were talking at UCSF about how can we have a, a supportive environment for entrepreneurs who are interested in bringing technology into commercialization to make an impact on patient outcome and And more at that time, you know, I work at QB3 is a department within University of California, and that's been supporting a lot of the biotech biopharma entrepreneurs. So we thought this, you know, the idea of supporting health technology, medical devices, that aspect of entrepreneur will be really complete the picture. And so my, I said like, oh, that would be cool because I have a little bit of background of that. And then. When my husband passed away, I had a life celebration for him and my husband made friends from work and he came from the medical device engineer entrepreneur. And so I also invited a few folks from the UCSF leadership uh, and they came back from the life celebration telling me, Christine, there's a lot of people in the auditorium who love and respect your husband. And many of them are from the industry that we would like to uh, interact more with. How about if you reach out to his former colleagues and friend and ask them to help us build this ecosystem here at UCSF and we name it after him. So the Roseman Institute is really named after my late husband. So most people did not know that uh, because we have a different last name.
0: <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, I did not actually know that. And, and, and first of all, I am i know it's been a while, but I'm so sorry for your loss and I, I appreciate you Sharing that vulnerable piece, but how cool that you were able to find such a supportive community that that were so willing to help you remember your husband. Um, that that's lovely.
1: yeah, i'm I'm very thankful, I'm grateful, and I think one thing I learned through the losses of my husband is that I having the supportive community. It help you thrive in life. And those are also the ethos or the philosophy that I have for the Roseman Institute is that as an entrepreneur, it's kind of similar that if you surround the entrepreneur with the right people, good people, yeah. then you'll thrive. So that was always I always emphasize it among our entrepreneurs that we support at the Roseman Institute is that, you know, we are here to make the good connection and help each other pay it forward. And yeah,
0: I I love that so much. And and one of the things that we talk about a lot. Um. So so I don't know if you're aware of this, but we we are actually I am located in Kansas City, Missouri, and we are very fortunate to have the Kauffman Foundation in our backyard. They're right here, um, founded by Ewing Marianne Kauffman, and it is a multi-billion-dollar a nonprofit foundation that supports entrepreneurship and it supports entrepreneurial education and it does all kinds of things. But one of the things that we we talk about a lot um, with Kaufman and within the Kansas City area is ecosystem development. Um, mm-hmm. And how, you know, entrepreneurs as a stakeholder group cannot stand alone. Uh, entrepreneurs can't survive without investors. And customers, and uh, supportive civic policies, and yeah. you know, access to capital, and like all of these different things, all of these moving parts that need to come together in the form of an ecosystem in order for entrepreneurs to succeed and thrive. Uh, none of us exist in a vacuum, so I love the fact that it, it seems as though you have built this very this very tight community and this ecosystem of support for entrepreneurs who clearly need it. Um, and and that's just really, really exciting. So can you talk to us? Um, I, you know, it, it, sounds like, you know, some of the folks who came to you and wanted to help you build, they, they liked, they respected your husband and I, you know, they respect you, but talk to us about building that strong, supportive core, ecosystem in order to support the community you serve. I want to hear more about that journey.
1: It's interesting, you know, because it's been seven years now and sometimes you kind of feel like, wow, you know, it's a long way to go and it feels like it just happened overnight, but it was not. And I think we, you know, we are fortunate in a way or um, when you you start something from ground zero you slowly build it up you get you know you have one entrepreneur at a time and then you have the opportunity the privilege almost to find companies start entrepreneurs people who you want to involve in our community um that we we have to share value and yeah. rather than just like Let's just open the door and bring hundreds of thousands right away, then we cannot set the culture, so I feel that makes a difference, and I always instill whenever uh I you know it took me actually interesting it took me at about three years before I really tell people about the story. I just feel I don't know why I'm not used to mixing a personal and professional and this is my first time, but I always instill the idea about um. Paying forward and also i think we are genuinely interested in supporting the entrepreneur and i think when you're genuine and authentic about it the people on the other side also feel it uh and that has always been my drive and of course you know one of the thing i always say that losing my husband i definitely uh benefit a lot from you know my community as my friends who are very supportive of me and my son and I, f- I felt the need an outlet to also help others and I was telling my son is that um, a lot of our friends right now don't need our help. What can we do to help others who need our help? So those are kind of the things that we do. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I love the fact that that, that seems to be the, the lens through which you view everything um, that that help and support peace. Um, so, so this is really I, I find this really fascinating. But what what made you you? Well, I'm just going to ask the question. Here goes. Uh, what made you decide to focus on health technology specifically?
1: Right, so interestingly, like I said, when I joined UCSF, uh, I, I am part of a QB3, which is a, depart, a department within University of California. The, the focus tend to be on a biotech, biopharma, because that's what we, you know, the team knew a lot about, and when yeah. health technology is, you know, it's a new areas that we did not have, and it seems to make sense. So in a way, when the Rosamund Institute was created, it was more like I was being tasked, like, hey, you know this is an area that we want to focus on. And it's also an area that I'm really excited and interested to hear because there's a lot of... It's something that's more concrete. You can see it, what's the impact, how how it works. And I found that is really exciting. And yeah. when you hear a company that you support uh, help patients survive certain condition or alleviate their symptom, it just makes you feel great. And I always tell people... You know, I'm sure when you're a doctor, you have certain adrenaline when you help patients survive, and being in that side of the technology part, you get to experience that without really being a doctor, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: nope, to- totally understand that. Uh, so talk to us, what is, what is the RISE program?
1: Yeah, so the RISE program, it all came about, it is, um, we, we are... We see a lot of, um, as an immigrant, as a, when I came here to this country, I don't know that many people. I don't know that many connections. And one of the things I learned is also sometimes um, when you start a company, knowing the right people, knowing having the right network, it's so important to help you uh, propel your company. And I one of the things I said is that if we support the under- represented uh founders maybe we can help open up their network for them so the RISE program is to support entrepreneurs who come from the BIPOC uh population and women as well I I love that (laughs) yeah so what we're trying to accomplish a lot of the thing we do at the Roseman Institute there's some part that we do it for too many like for example we have the podcast we have our webinar series but a lot of our program, we try to be more hands-on in term of targeted uh, uh, experience for a lot of the founders. And so, the Rise program, the idea is that uh, for three months period, uh, the selected company will get uh, attention from one of the mentor who will behave more like a quarterback. And make the connection, the right connection to the founders, in order to help the founders to get to the next steps. And so, what we yeah. say is like, how can we leverage the network we have, and we make it available to, so that it's faster for the entrepreneur to meet people rather than, you know, especially in the COVID, it's so hard to meet people. Yeah.
0: Well, I I of course love that. And, and, and one of the things that I, I I always find commonalities with with guests, because I'm like, ah, so your your tactics might be a little different and the communities you serve might be a little different, but there's a lot of like a lot of intersection in that Venn diagram of what <laughs> Innovator does and and what you do. And I just I, I love that because I'm like, I I see you. Like I, I know what you're doing is really, really difficult but it's so very needed. And I do think it's important I just I just want to acknowledge a couple of things. So so in the health healthcare sector, um there are great disparities in uh successful medical intervention within different communities. Um you know, the underrepresented individuals, they tend to see worse healthcare. Outcomes, and that can be women, that can be people of color, that can be, you know, all of these different communities. They see significantly worse healthcare outcomes statistically, consistently. And so the fact that you are supporting, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs of color around the healthcare process and you're supporting, entre- like, women entrepreneurs in healthcare that is so so crucial you're you're actually saving lives like when you look at the numbers and you are introducing people who can provide culturally competent care and culturally competent technologies you're helping them succeed the outcomes that you will see down the line are so vital and so important like what you're offering and i just wanted to take a moment to honor that and, uh, and thank- the, yeah, like it's just it's very
1: important, and I don't think that you, you probably don't get enough credit for that. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you for pointing out. It's interesting. In addition to the Rise program, actually, in 2021, we have our Adapt program. I'm not so sure if you are aware of that, where we partner mm-hmm. with a different uh, peers uh, in healthcare to identify in technology or entrepreneurs from that under under uh, represented uh, population um and so that that was the focus for a uh, day adapt program last year to find technology or company that's either run by women or minority or addressing uh the health equity and yeah so it's been really exciting to see uh the number of company that fit that criteria that we are asking uh You know, as anything, when you start to narrow the scope of what you're looking for, you always worry about the number of people who might be able to apply or interested. And we were very um, pleasantly surprised that the number of quality application that comes through our door uh, for this particular program has been really nice to see.
0: I I love that. Well, and I mean, hashtag representation matters. (laughs) You know, they're they're really, but just like creating opportunity for communities who often find it harder to find opportunity and avail themselves of opportunity. um, It's just, it's so key what you're doing. So I give you mad props. um, Oh, thank you. And and I do actually, I mean, even within the innovator ranks, I've got some folks that I'm going to be like, you should check this out. It's amazing. Uh, I will will be sending some folks your way for sure. Um, You know, do you want to, I'm going to break right in really quick because we're having a very, very important conversation, but I do need to tell you, uh, Gusto is pretty important too. So as an entrepreneur, uh, I think we all know that we are often trying to do too many things all at the same time and hr is a big big part of that when you start taking on employees and you have to do payroll and you have to do you know taxes and 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 all of these things that might not necessarily be in your wheelhouse but they are the things that stress you out but they are so crucial uh Gusto can help you with that if you are tired of long hours processing payroll save yourself some time yeah <laughs> i cannot mean, cannot stress to you enough how time saving and life-saving and stress saving gusto can be uh, they offer a lot of automated processes for filing taxes processing payroll managing employees that uh, it's an all in one HR platform solution and you're gonna do a lot of the stuff at the click of a button in a matter of minutes saving yourself time and effort so you can focus on the things that really matter making your business better uh, so so I'm gonna ask you you know what are you waiting for yeah. You can register. You can get a a free three-month subscription. Give it a try. They want you to give it a try because they are so sure, we are so sure that Gusto is going to help you in your business that they're going to give you a three-month trial. So go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Again, that is gusto.com backslash startup hustle. And I cannot tell you how much time Gusto has saved me over, over the months that I've been using it. It's been crazy. Uh, so, folks, we are here with Christine Winoto, and we are talking about uh, the UCSF Rosenman Institute. And uh, we're really, actually, what we're talking about is uh, kind of inequities in healthcare, supporting underrepresented founders and entrepreneurs, creating ecosystems of support. So, we're talking about really cool stuff, Christine, uh, and I, and I just really, really enjoy it. But so, so, talk to us. Why do you think it's? We we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but in your in your words, why do you think it's important to to support underrepresented founders?
1: Well, it's interesting. Well, I um when we when we think about our adapt program where we're trying to support a lot of the underrepresented funders, uh, we read you know as as you see on the headline news, health equity oftentimes uh, impacted a lot of the the people of color and the women and so we believe that if founders uh from that particular population would care i mean they care about their community and it's almost like another way to tackle the health equity by supporting the underrepresented uh founders because they will whatever they do they want to make sure that technology will impact their community as well their family so so that's kind of like a side way of approaching health equity through supporting the underrepresented founders if that yeah. makes any sense um because <laughs> like as you know uh being an Asian, being an immigrant I have certain experience that people who have not walked my life and because of what I experience, I have a certain passion on certain areas that people who have not experienced what I experienced, right? For example, when I said about their internship program, I definitely benefit from it a lot. So with the, my work, our work at the Roseman Institute, uh, it's something that is crucial as well in our program is that how can we bring more students to expose them to have a real life experience? So we have a program with the Foothill College here in California um, to place their student interns into some of the startups in our community and actually interesting the foothill college is also focusing on supporting uh students who are from the underrepresented as well and so you know often time when when you are you're if you come from a family or parents that are well connected and oftentimes you know when your kid is a certain age they can they can connect you with somebody to do an internship right. But if you're from an underrepresented community, that choice might be more limited. So this is some sure. in that area that how we can bring up everybody more, you know, equalize yeah. the playing the field a little time bit.
0: lifts all boats, for sure. Well, right. I, and I don't think it's any great secret. Like, I think we're all pretty aware that sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. And mm-hmm. so, so creating those collision and connection points um, can surely... I, it would be transformational for folks who have brilliant ideas, but might not necessarily have the connections to get them where they need to go as far or as fast right. as, as we'd like to see. Um, so, so again, just like super, super psyched about what it is you're doing. Um, I want to ask you... I, I'm actually going to allow you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to brag on yourself for a minute. Are you ready? Or, okay. Or the, institute but I want you to tell us about a success story that you saw or that you've seen.
1: Yeah. So let me see. One came to mind because it just happened. Um, company that we supported uh, last year uh, is a, in a virtual GI care Um through our program, they have the opportunity to pilot with one of the largest payer in the country. And so they, they had the chance to deploy their technology first in like two states and then expand it into uh, seven states and now even growing bigger to uh, more states in the country. And result of that, uh, they have the pilot, they have the, the concept uh, proven they were successful in raising their Series A round, and without the yeah. pilot that we were giving them the opportunity, they would not have had, to, you know, raised the money. As you know, at this stage, probably they might have to wait a couple years so how later.
0: How does that feel? As as you yourself being an underrepresented founder and an and an intersectional one, how does it feel to see the work that you're doing propel people like you and like us to greater success?
1: It feels great. It's just, you know, because like being uh, where we are, we tend to be more like the connector. Um, and sometimes uh, we always question like, what is really our impact? Uh, because the entrepreneur are the one who are doing all the heavy lifting. We are here to support them. And so but when you hear something that has really happened completely directly to the program that we support, it just make you feel like, yeah, that's pretty cool. that we make an impact and without this work they would not have you know seen the opportunity at this time i mean maybe down the road they might i'm just you know but this time this is what they got uh through our work so that's a really exciting and another uh, companies that we support uh are in treating a patient with a brain tumor and the technology that they do uh, help patient to have a better quality of life, um, and prolong their life. And that is really heartwarming when you hear patients felt that, you know, this is something impacting their life. And so our work with them is through our funding, uh, we have a venture fund that we created separately outside university um the idea is that portion of the carry interest will come back to support the university activity but we raise the money through uh private sectors uh so just regular lp and that the fund investing in that particular company that i was telling you about in the brain tumor and that is really exciting you just feel like oh you know my little deed goes a long way
0: yeah. Well, that, that has to be really powerful. I know that some of the, some of the most beautiful moments that I have with innovator are those where I'm just like the work that I do and the hard things that I do every day helped that helped that happen. You know, it's, right. it's definitely like a really satisfying moment when you see that the, the hard work that you're putting in, when you're rolling up your sleeves and there, I mean, I'm sure that for you there are some days where it's like, I feel like crying This is so hard. Um, I I mean, every entrepreneur and every founder and everybody who's trying to build something new and impactful feels that way. Um, But being able to see your work come to fruition has always been so satisfying. And those are the moments that get me over the humps when it's like, oh, today sucked and I'm so stressed out and this is terrible. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why. That's the reason. Somebody one time...
1: Oh yeah, go ahead. Somebody once told me a little bit that is good to like the analogy of building a house. I never thought about it. Like what you're saying, when you're in the process of building, sometimes you can feel like down, like, oh, when is this over? But he was saying that you can envision about how the house is going to look like every once in a while. But then you know you, you you keep on you know building the foundation and then layer by layer layer. But then it doesn't get you discouraged if you have a little, you know, dream imagination that pop into your head every once in a while. But don't just think about the dream without doing the work because the house will not be built. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Well, and I mean, you you can have the most beautiful house in your... I love this analogy, by the way. You can have the most beautiful house in your head. It means nothing if you don't build a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't have that picture in your head of what... Like if you don't have the blueprint to what you're building or the ideal... Then all of that work is going to be just that much harder because you're not going to have a plan and you're not going to have a vision. So it, mm-hmm. it, the metaphor kind of goes both ways, right? Uh, which which I dig. So so talk to us about some of the challenges um, that you faced in in founding UCSF. I, I'm really interested because I because it's not always easy, um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely uh we are very bootstrap. Um most people when they think about the Rosenman Institute, it's the fact that it has a name attached to it, so somebody just, you know, drop a bucket of uh funding uh for us to do a lot of the work. And a lot of the challenge has been that how can uh we get resources. So basically, I always tell the entrepreneur that we always beg and steal and borrow, just like startups on, you know, finding resources for our startup. So we hustle for our startup yeah. in a way. So that has been challenging in a way. But I think at the same time, it's uh, it gives you the fire in the belly, maybe like, oh, no, I need to get this thing done um, because if you want to provide that resources to the startups, we need to find it. And so, but when you get it, it's always feel like rewarding. It's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> um so so that that's been the the challenging part for for me, I think. Um because I think when I first the idea when, you know, in a corporate world, when you're assigned to do certain things, like you know, here this is do this and then it comes with the budget but uh in a way and as a university it's a great environment uh they allow a lot of uh innovation within uh the people within the university it's all in a way everybody in the university is like its own little entrepreneurs Um, yeah well and
0: I just I talked to somebody before and I think I feel like I had a a little bit of a misconception. So, I've never worked in academia. I've never been attached to like a university or anything like that. And it was interesting because I think in my head, I always had this idea that academia was just very slow moving and it was resistant to innovation. And I was talking to uh, a, a previous guest not too long ago, and he actually came from academia, moved to entrepreneurship. And I was like, what was that culture shock life like? And he was like, you know, it's actually not. As bad as you might think, because academics are creative, like they, mm-hmm. they kind of have to be like in the way that they present information and when they're doing research. And and so so I find that there is this kind of natural intersection uh, between what you're doing, which is very innovative. Um, you know, ecosystem development is is groundbreaking as a as a field and as a is an approach to uh, creating thriving, successful communities. Um, but I, I love that you are attached to to the academic side of things because it shows. It just goes to show you that you have so many people on the academic side invested in your success that you have a whole institute. You know, yeah. like that—that's incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel I feel very lucky. I feel very fortunate that I think uh, maybe in the healthcare field that everybody realizes. Um, but you know. It's such a hard space to yeah. get your product out. And also I think the people who usually, I mean, I know I'm just being, maybe I'm very uh, optimistic. I always feel like people who want to work in healthcare is because they really care. Uh, yeah. And I think because of that, it feels like we got a great group of people uh, who really wants to make an impact, which make my life easier, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I I am just so, so very impressed by by you and by, and I I am, I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall down like a little Google rabbit hole with UCSF. Um, Tell us a little bit about your podcast. You you haven't talked about that very much and I'd like to hear more. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. When we first started our podcast uh, two years ago, a bit over two years ago, we want to showcase a lot of our, the startups that we, uh, we support. One of the things we, we said is that the more people, aware about the technology or the entrepreneurs, then increase the chance of them to meet the right people. And so that was kind of the goal of the podcast is how can we bring more exposure to a lot of the startup. As we were doing it, I realized that there's a lot of other listeners besides the investors or the entrepreneurs and some of our listeners are even as young as senior in high school actually and one of the uh, example that I gave to some of the people one time I got a call from a high school a senior in high school whose family immigrated here from Ethiopia and Listening to the podcast that highlighting a lot of different entrepreneurs, different thought leaders, it gives him the exposure or the window about what there's so many different ways to participate in a healthcare innovation. And so so, so now when I do the podcast, I think about the high school person as my, you know, yeah, my North Star, but then everybody else got to enjoy uh, listening sure. to that insight from all the... Entrepreneurs or thought leaders in the healthcare space,
0: yeah, and I mean if you're kind of engineering with your end user being a high school student, like you're offering information in a very accessible kind of way uh, and and that's that's so so important so so I have to Christine, I have to ask you, I have to ask you the human question, and I've been running through my mind, I've been trying to like think of a really, really good one, but there are like five different questions that I want to ask you, and I have to pick one okay. uh, so I'm going to ask you this what's your favorite book
1: my favorite book mm-hmm. right now that's a hard one
0: i know well and you know what i'll give you i'll give you two
1: <laughs> i like
0: I two hard questions
1: i love this surely you're joking mr Feynman.
0: <gasps> i have that of course um, uh mr Feynman, he was uh an the engineer. physics
1: noble laureate yeah, yeah that yeah. is a fun read i love i read it so favorite. many times um that's one the second book that would be i enjoyed the gun the gun germs and steel book that was oh a while God. ago that was a long yeah. time ago uh, i love
0: but... that one that's uh that's jared jared diamond yeah yeah me. yeah,
1: jared yeah. Diamond. yeah I have right
0: desk. i'm showing christine that uh, that, I have that.
1: I thought it was a really interesting, you know, perspective in terms of how we, what we value intelligence yeah. in a different background. And well, I will tell you,
0: I, I, I am very impressed by your favorite books. I'm very, very happy. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And I, and I have to tell you, Christine, I am also, I am so happy that you took the time to chat with us uh, here at Startup Hustle. Thank you so much for, oh, for thank your insight you. for the good conversation.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we also want to thank today's episode sponsor. Uh, we, we love Gusto around the Startup Hustle hallways. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Gusto. You can manage your HR needs with Gusto. It is the way to go. Trust me. Uh, It'll make it easier for you to onboard new talent, handle payroll, support your people, which is so key in light of this great resignation that we're experiencing. Let's support our employees more. Uh, Gusto's platform is powered by advanced technology. So talent management, payroll processing, it's never gonna be the same. Again, like it's just gonna be so easy. Again, click of a button and there you have it. So again, we are offering an opportunity for you to try Gusto for free. Uh, Sign up at Gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle to enjoy your very own three month free subscription. And we love free things. Uh, So definitely give it a shot also want to direct you, I don't know if you all know this, but Andrew Morgans, he is one of uh, my co-hosts on Startup Hustle, and he is an e-commerce guru. His episodes drop on Tuesdays, and I invite you to listen to Andrew Morgans if you are selling things on Amazon, if you are looking for insights on how to better sell online and establish your presence. He does an amazing job talking folks through that. So, So definitely check out Andrew Uh, keep an eye out for us on social media. You can look at startuphustle.com on Instagram. We have a Facebook chat, all of that good stuff. Come and find us. We want to engage in conversation with you and we really, really, really want to thank you listeners for taking the time out of your busy schedules every week to come and listen to us. Thanks so much. And we will catch you on the flip side.